Hey, welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, we talk about some of our uh, failures at uh, previous job interviews. Uh, so I share some some horror stories when I try to interview uh, at Spotify, Facebook, Apple, and Figma, and a bunch more. And then we also have a bunch, a bunch of good recommendations for stuff for you to watch and listen and read and uh, try out. And thanks to our two sponsors this week, Abstract and Dribble. Hello, Mr. Kevin Clark. Hello. How are you in this beautiful day? I'm doing really well. It always throws us off our game, like whenever we record on the weekend. Uh huh. What so, is this? It's, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Daylight. What is it's this? It's bright out. <laughs> I know. And we had time uh, to prepare and like to fill in the show notes with a bunch of stuff to talk about. It's great. It's great. Crazy. Cool. I'm in my pajamas. Not that yeah. you. Buckle yeah. in, everybody. <laughs> Hey, well, let's get started with some follow-up. Apparently, some listeners were a bit confused by what the hell we were talking about when we kept saying, I see, I see, I see, and not as I can, in like... I can see I... that people might be confused about that. <laughs> hmm, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, our bad, our bad. Uh, I see stands for individual contributor, and long story short, is like is, is uh, an individual... At a company who produces work, like instead of being a manager, it's actually the like the opposite of being a manager, right? So a designer, an IC designer, is someone who is in Sketch or Figma, or whatever, producing mockups or prototypes or something. That's what I mean by IC. And so usually when we talk about ICs, we also talk about managers in that dichotomy. And so last last week we were talking about how Kevin now is primarily a manager and he misses doing IC work, meaning doing you know, designing mockups or wireframes or prototypes and all that. Uh, same thing boxes. for developers. You know, IC is someone who writes code effectively and a non-IC is either manager or product manager or whatever. Did I do a good job explaining? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes okay. sense. Um, and also, it, it like using these acronyms is just kind of a thing that happens like after you talk about a thing mm-hmm. like over and over within your common group. Uh but acronyms are very bad uh, because mm-hmm. they greatly make make it harder to, for p- other people to like kind of understand like yep. what you're if you're not like part of that like in group who knows what the definitions of the things are. Um, and um, I think it was Elon Musk that had like a really good email um, a while ago about like, hey, like we should stop using uh acronyms like this because it just like makes it so much harder for everyone and you kind of like everyone has to maintain their own mapping of like which letters mean what um so again our apologies yeah. uh we will try to use less abbreviations in the future um and like if, if you're one of these people who are like what the heck are they talking about like this is not this is not you like this is this is our fault like we, sh- we should totally on uh, us extend it so yeah it's very common in our industry i think like in this yeah i'm an ic at the vc backed startup and we're going for ipo or whatever you know there's a lot of that and (laughs) it's kind of annoying honestly but yeah also if you if you if you live in that environment a long time you also just become a part of it i guess and so we got some of this one that's been like when i started um not too long after i started at shopify that i heard people throwing around the office was i18n have you heard this before? No. I-A-T-N-N? I-N-T-N? 
see this is why it's so confusing like i was i was trying to like parse it out like i what could i be and whatever uh no turns out this stands for internationalization and this is a brand new concept in abbreviation that i learned well now a couple years ago but um that for words that are very long people will say the first letter so in this case i the number of letters that are in between in this case oh, 18 yeah. and then n at the end like it accessibility me... i11y yeah A11Y. exactly yeah yeah um it took me so long to figure that out and i felt so dumb but like and it, that's one thing that i've found in my life is like every time you feel dumb about something you're actually not like it's just that there's a problem somewhere yeah. um so yeah yeah um, and i really have a problem with accessibility uh, with like hey it's not very accessible for an accessibility yeah. standpoint you know just abbreviating in that weird code uh it's not really helping so at yeah least exactly accessibility just spell it out so yeah that's really bad anyway our bad we apologize uh we should just know better and so and call us out if we do this uh, in the future um thanks cool so uh for the next follow-up item um so it's from our listener, uh, Gavin Nelson, uh, who uh, reached out to me after last week's episode uh, saying, like, hey, man, I've been a listener of Layout for a while. Uh, I was stoked to hear you recommend When Breath Becomes Air, which is a book that I recommended last week. Um, it is my favorite book I've read, and I've had the pleasure of ma- meeting his wife, brother, and daughter through working at the same summer camp wow. uh, that he worked in at college. So wow. uh, small oh, world. world. This is like... <laughs> crazy things that happen when you do a thing on the internet um this is like interesting kind of like connections from one person to another so um yeah thanks for sharing that uh gavin um he also shared a a picture of something that is described in the book um that he took and it is absolutely beautiful um so i haven't asked yet uh but i will ask if i can include that picture uh in the show notes uh but if not uh, you'll just have to take my word for it <laughs> So. Uh yeah, thanks Gavin. Boom. Okay. Uh, for today's main topic, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this tweet going around uh, by David Zo, uh, Zo, Zo, uh, about like sharing some not horror stories, but like sharing some of the failures uh, of like at at past job interviews. Uh, and a lot of people have been like going on this tweet storm, tweet bandwagon, just tweeting and sharing some of their stories of failure uh, in the past. And I thought that was great. And it turns out I have a lot of failures and stories to tell. So I thought we should, we, we, you know, we, we could talk about that uh, today. But before we do, before we get into that, uh, let me just quickly tell you about one of our sponsors this week. And that is, once again, Le Abstract. So Abstract, once again, if you do not know, well, now you will know, is this uh, design workflow management tool for product design teams that use Sketch. And um, effectively... Uh, the workflows and tools available um, to growing design teams are still largely behind the times, especially when you compare it to the tools used by developers. They have all the mature, like the, all the tooling that makes sense and works super well. And designers are still like, I don't know. Well, Abstract is trying to solve that. Uh, we spent a frustrating amount of time searching for files and exporting them from one tool and importing them into another tool and trying to consolidate feedback from multiple sources. And you never really know Uh, what kind of changes have been incorporated and approved and it's kind of a mess so 
uh, abstract is your team's source of truth. So kind of like GitHub, but for designers. It brings all of your design workflow into a single unified place for designers, developers, and stakeholders to collaborate and keep work moving forward. With Abstract, you can version design files, you can present your work, you can request reviews, you can collect feedback and give developers direct access to all of the specs, all from one place. In just two years, Abstract already has now uh, over 100,000 users and it's used by companies like Intuit, Zappos, MailChimp, Shopify, Netlify, it's not in the script, it Ooh. should, and uh, thousands of others. So. I personally uh, can't imagine how I would work uh, at Netlify with all of the design files <laughs> without Abstract. Like it's just we've been using it for so long that's just part of how we work. Um, they also just released uh, public sharing. So uh, if you create a collection, um, and the fact that that's how we've been using it, like I personally create a branch and then I do all of my crazy design uh, work and then I just add to a single collection all of the artboards that I want feedback and I want to show. And now you can you can have those collections be shared um, and can be seen and accessed by anyone. So it's like a public URL, uh, which it just makes it way easier to get even more feedback. So we don't now you don't have to require people to sign up and, and create an account and all that. So and they just released that. So if you're interested, you can sign up your team for a free 30 day trial by heading over to abstract.com. Cool domain. Uh, also, if you tweet at GoAbstract and at Layout.fm, so that's, you know, us two, uh, if you tweet and mention us both in the same tweet, you will be answered uh, for a chance to win $500 credit to your business plan. So just like that, you just tweet it and you might win $500 to use with Abstract. So that's awesome. Our thanks to Abstract for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Okay. Yeah, so um, I saw you put in the main topics, failing at job interviews. Do we have any stories? <laughs> uh, and I thought immediately, damn, this is such a good topic. Like this is, I think this is really interesting because, um, you know, we all have <laughs> things that we've done successfully. There's also things that we have not done successfully. But I do feel like with everything that we do, we kind of like learn like some takeaways um and so i think like interviews are particularly interesting because it's kind of like a, a lot of people feel like the re like i quote unquote failed at an interview was for like your own personal reasons but i mm -hmm. think that's actually like a shared kind of responsibility like yeah. i'm sure there are tons of interviews that go bad through no fault of the person interviewing yeah. um and interviews are inherently very sort of arbitrary in a sense like as the interviewee like you might have done a great job and still like it, it's not a good fit um so i think it is a good topic uh that being said i want to i want to give a disclaimer that I just haven't done many interviews in my life. <laughs> um, so I don't think I personally have a ton of stories, uh, a ton of stories. So like I've done, um, I used to do a lot of freelancing. Uh, that's how I started my career and had like lots of different clients. Um, and um, so I didn't really have to interview for, for those. Uh, and then a lot of the jobs that I've had, it just kind of happened through kind of mutual like people I, I knew or through 
social media, things like Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of the interviews that I actually taken over the years, which is like maybe like three or four, <laughs> um, actually did kind of work out. But um, it's not because I'm like some kind of guru master at interviewing. It's more because it's a very small number and it just <laughs> happened to work out. Um, but I'm very curious to hear about kind of like your stories and like how you think about um, these things. So I, I was rejected and I had several interviews go not that well or being ghosted or whatever. And it's funny how like today, looking back at all those experiences, like I'm not pissed or, you know, hurt or like I understand pretty much all of their decisions. And and it's like, I, so I don't blame them for like not hiring me. I'm not holding a grudge or whatever. Uh, like honestly, yeah, it does make sense. And now that I'm on the, you know, I've been on the other side of interviewing some people and also knowing that maybe during the course of uh, an interview the role might change and now the company might not need that whole role or you know things change so i have more empathy towards the other side as well um, yeah and so i again i'm just talking because i think it's funny and i think uh we don't do we're not we don't do a great job at just sharing failures and so we create this like we create this narrative of like perfection and being so lucky and talented and whatever, but Hey, that's not really, that's not how life works. So I think it's healthy to share some of the failures as well. So other people can relate and not feel as bad. You know, if, if a listener right now is maybe struggling to find a job and then they can hear us just share all the other times that we failed to get a job, it's, you know what? It's all right. It's, it's, it's normal. It's okay. It's natural. So with that said, I just picked four uh, little stories um, four companies that I interviewed um, with and I didn't get the job. And so that's Spotify, Facebook, Apple, and Figma. And I think they're all like, they're all big known companies um, today. And so I'm not including like all the others that ghosted me and just never really <laughs> got back. Uh, I remember like a, Dropbox was such a dream job for me at the time. Um, you know, the, the golden years of Dropbox when Every designer seems to be working there. Um, and around the time they were shipping like Carousel and they bought Mailbox and all that. So, yeah. Um, so even uh, ignoring all the times that I was ghosted and things just didn't go anywhere. So this is by uh, this is in chronological order. So this is what happened. First, Spotify. I was crazy about Spotify. I remember when I first used Spotify and it was like the first streaming music service and like it blew my tiny brain. Um and so I was playing with Quartz Composer, and so I created this little prototype, terrible, terrible mockups of like just like a redesign of the Spotify player. It was terrible, but hey, it had it had motion, so yeah, I was proud. Ooh. And so I found out, uh, probably through Twitter, of some designer or manager at Spotify at the time, and he was Portuguese. And I'm like, hey, we have that in common, so <laughs> I can relate. Uh, so I tried to reach out to him and. And then he put me effectively in into the recruitment process, um, and I had a bunch of calls. And I remember having this one call with two designers that were in Stockholm, two uh, Spotify designers, and I really think I was nailing it. Like everyone saying, "Yeah, cool, great, that's awesome," and I was advancing in the recruitment thing. And then they ghosted me. Like, <laughs> no way. I don't, know, I don't know what happened. I never got like a thing like, oh, yeah, well, sorry, it didn't work out or whatever. What kind of interviews 
Yeah, like I had, I think this, this was a long time ago now. I don't know all the details, but I think I I had two calls with just culture, you know, one just like just telling telling them about me, the second like telling them about just how, I mean, getting to know how they work at Spotify and their culture and whatever and how the company is structured. And they had a third one was uh, with these two designers. It was more of like a design challenge thing. Um and then that's it. And then I never heard back. And I was hmm. so hurt. And I was so, so pissed off. Like, oh, man, I really thought I was going to go to Stockholm or whatever, or New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then actually later, like a couple of years after that, they got back to me. I was probably still in their recruitment tool or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. I was like a candidate somewhere probably. So they got back to me. They're like, hey, now we have new openings and whatever. Do you want to? keep talking I th- but i don't remember i think i had a job at the time as and you were like so, no thanks yeah. <laughs> thanks no thanks um, yeah, yeah yeah missed your chance uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you did you do anything about them not getting back to you like did you uh, try to engage again or did you kind of like read it as a sign of like okay i guess they're not i don't remember i think i i probably sent them an email back saying hey any updates or something but I didn't get anything. So, and then I quickly just, you know, moved on. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that's something that really sucks. Like when you, whenever you apply somewhere and you just get no reply, like yeah. es- especially if you get to the point where you're interviewing with people, um, yeah. hopefully like, cause you're invested, right? It's yeah. Like, like just rude. please just get back to the person. Like, even yeah. if like all you have to do is send them like a template of like, sorry, like you did not make it. Um, yeah. like, please just do that like it's make it clear closure. for people like <laughs> yeah just um and it's even better if you can give them actual feedback on why it didn't work out because mm-hmm. like someone might go thinking like oh i must be a bad designer and it's like oh it turns out yeah like we've found someone internally who could yeah. do that job um or something yeah um, or also- there might be something that like you're doing and you're not realizing that you could improve uh for next time so. yeah and I've been honestly on the on the other side of this, like in 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 where maybe some candidates have then, after I you know didn't make it and I did uh, send them a some kind of reply or just letting them know or whatever, and then they asked me like, hey, but can you give me more feedback? Like, what did I do wrong? How can I improve? Which is a great question. I and I think, you know, if if you are genuinely trying to improve, you should ask for that, right? But I also been on the other side and we're like, I really don't have time. Yeah. To you know get like a personalized design review and like yeah and so i feel super guilty but i i just honestly don't have the time to do that for the 20 people who asked me um for that for that feedback so i also i understand if you don't get like a super personalized custom reply you know just for you but something you know at least (laughs) give them yeah totally yeah um um I do. So some people ask me sometimes um, for feedback and I do try like as much as possible. Like it, it might be possible that I like uh, kind of slip through the cracks for one or two people, but I do try to actually give out that feedback, even though it takes time. So like, you know, <laughs> if you're you're doing the interview and you're asking for that feedback, like I'm not going to get back to you probably that same day. It could take mm-hmm. me a couple of days to get through it. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that we've found um like recently is that um we've actually had recruiters um 
go in and actually take basically i will like send a couple notes to a recruiter and be like hey here's my feedback and then they will craft the email around oh. my feedback points so i can be like very <laughs> very like terse and my answers and be like this this was a problem this was a problem that was a problem that was a problem um and then they, and they massage figure it. out a way to like <laughs> package it in a way that it, and it's not like that i want to be mean or anything that it is, yeah. it's just that like you know it takes less time to just be like straight to the point and absolutely being straight to the point is not always the best way to get someone to like act on a piece of feedback um and just like it just generally crafting emails like replying to emails is just time yeah. consuming um it takes a long time for me yeah I, I'm, yeah and so we found that that's actually worked pretty well because like i'm you know like fairly comfortable giving direct feedback on stuff and then the recruiters are really comfortable emailing people back and forth so it's kind of like leveraging both of our strengths uh and then they i'm pretty sure like they have these kind of like sort of templates that they reuse and then they they know how to basically take the feedback that i'm getting and then find like the whatever sentence kind of like matches that the best uh that says it in a maybe like more uh nicer way or like more detailed fashion um so yeah i think that's that was a pretty good approach all right uh story number two it's very similar actually and this was facebook way back in the day um but even then i was already like I was not too sure about Facebook as a company, but keep in mind that this was me, like one of the, my biggest dreams was like to move out of Portugal and like join a company in the US. Like there was a thing. And so any company that would also uh, offer that, you know, would get a lot of points. So in this case, Facebook, like, you know, it was, it was not my, my, you know, the, 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 the most perfect company in my eyes, but it's still, I, I would love to join them. Uh, and this was again, like uh, probably like 2014 by then whatever um so it was again uh, i don't know how i got in touch i think like through a friend that i knew from twitter i was like hey i'm looking for something can you help me out so they put me in the recruitment as like a referral and so a recruiter gets in touch and then we go through the process and it was kind of long like a lot of calls back and forth a lot of emails and then uh, i was supposed to join the messenger team and then mm-hmm. uh they also were like oh but you're not in the us so you need a visa and i'm like Yep. And they're like, yeah. well, so we can either try that or you could join our team in London. And then, you know, after I think a year, we could just ask for a, just like a, it's a different type of visa in where, well, it's in, in the same company, but just like oh, a transfer okay, right, type of right. visa. So that would probably make it easier. And I'm like, hey, you know what? That's fine. London is great. So let's do that. And then the person, like the recruitment, uh, the hiring manager, I think, went on a, on vacation or something. So that like was on hold. And then like mm. after a month, I tried to reach back and I, they ghosted me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> wah, wah. That's it. It's not a very interesting story. But like, just to let you all know, this happens. <laughs> and it was, yeah. man, I started making plans and I started getting excited. And then it just it just hurts like a mother. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's the worst part. It's yeah. like the uncertainty and like you're already kind of visualizing yourself and what you're going to do and then just yeah. like doesn't pan out. And so, which leads me to the third story. And this is the biggest heartbreak that I've had probably in this uh, professional context. Uh, and this is Apple. So Apple, one of my favorite companies ever. Uh, it's great. Uh, also, it really made it even more special that it was, I didn't reach out to them. They reached out to me. They took the Ooh. initiative. Because um, I so I had made this UI kit of iOS eight, so whenever that came out, um, uh-huh. 
and I made this UI kit of like just recreated everything in Sketch and I put it in GitHub and Designer News got you know got some traction there and so I had a lot of like stars in GitHub, which was like cool at the time for like a design thing. Um, yeah. So it got some, you know, it got some exposure and so someone at Apple probably picked that up and so they got in touch with me like, hey, we saw this, cool, good job with it. Uh, we would love for you to like we would love. For you, for you to interview to join our like human um human interface uh team which is probably like the best team at apple if for yeah, a designer big time it's yeah it's pretty cool so i was like holy pants <laughs> this is apple getting in touch with me this is amazing and so again i went through all the calls and all the interviews and then we got to a point in where they sent me a design challenge um which was effectively uh, I don't think I signed any NDA. <laughs> well, um, just to be safe, it, like I had to just recreate a, 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 a component of iOS uh, and also try to create all these elements and components and also just like and offer some criticism, like what should we do wrong? Uh, I mean, what should we do better or what do you think is wrong here or whatever? So Interesting. Wait, so you had to... Like recreate it as is, or did you have to like rethink a standard iOS component? No, it was no original work. It was like effectively what I did with that UI kit. Like take this, okay. right. break it apart, uh, create the specs for all the components that were already there. Huh, and then, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I'm also like picking up just a bunch of weird stuff. Like, hey, you are clearly designing a two X. Um, it's not cool. And then like at a three X, there's like a lot of half pixels. It's not cool. So that was one of the things that I picked up. And like, hmm. there was a, b- a bunch of inconsistencies with some, some like paddings and stuff. So anyway, it was cool. Like I actually enjoyed it. I had, again, I was used to do that with the work that I did with that UI kit. It was fine. And so then I send the challenge back and they were like, Oh yeah, actually, but actually, we don't use Sketch at Apple. We use Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So sorry, this is not going to work out. And I'm, I was like heartbroken. I was like, what the? What the <laughs> You're fuck? just like, so that's the only problem. Like, yeah. I will, I will get a copy of Photoshop right now. And we, we that's exactly what I did. So yeah. after like maybe a day of me just crying and like just trying to make amends with what just happened, I was like, no, 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 I'm not gonna like. I'm not going to fail this opportunity just because I don't use this one tool. Like if it's the tool that is a problem, I'll change yeah. tools. I don't care. So I got back to them and I said that like, hey, give me three days and I will redo this whole thing and do the challenge again. By the way, I had a week initially for that challenge. Okay. So three days, just give me a chance and I'll do this in Photoshop. If that's a problem, like I'll do it in Photoshop. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, okay, well, I liked your energy and sure, okay, so okay, do that. <laughs> and so I never use Photoshop, by the way, but, but at this point. Um, uh, so did you hear I, that, listeners? Oh, I guess probably a lot of our listeners also never use Photoshop. No. <laughs> My God, kids these days. I used Photoshop, but never like professionally. I never created, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, well, until then. Um, so I got Photoshop and I got in touch with Mark Edwards. <laughs> it's like, I love how you went straight to the source. <laughs> I know, right? So Mark Edwards is like the Photoshop yeah. guy. <laughs> Basically. So like, hey, Mark, this is what's going on. 
can you help me out? Like, can you give me like a crash course on Photoshop? How can I get up to speed really fast? And I think I also asked you for advice and I probably had a bunch of questions. Um, I think you also helped me out. And I just, I just did the thing you can in Photoshop and I sent it to them and it, it took them a while to get back. But that the end was like, so we really like you and we love your energy and stuff and it's awesome, but we are looking for someone with a bit more experience. Um, with large companies and like working in this environment with the tools that we use. So I'm sorry, this is not going to work out. And that was it. And like, mm. it broke my heart. I was so pissed that like I got so far. And then like, I would, I was never equipped to get that job apparently. Um, and that was awful. <laughs> and I totally get it. Like I, I understand. I would probably, like, I understand why I didn't get the job, but I didn't at the time. Like, I didn't have that maturity or just knowledge or context. Um, right. But that was that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but still, someone at Apple has seen my work and someone, yeah. at least one person knew my name and I was happy about that. Yeah, I mean, especially that, like, you put in all this effort, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, well, why did you make me redo this whole thing if, like, the reason why you're not hiring me, it has nothing to do with the actual challenge. Um, like, yeah. I still didn't have that experience before. I still don't now. Like, <laughs> you know, why did I have to do all of this? So how do you feel about design challenges in general? Like, I, I pr like at Netlify, we don't do a lot of those. Or when we do, I mean, I do, I do have some design challenges. But it's usually, like, not, I don't really care about the end result mm -hmm. it's more about are there any red flags that would pop up in the middle like like for example usually i do like hey here's three little design things and challenges or and they all are different like maybe one is more focused in marketing maybe it's more focused on product or whatever like clearly different types of work i usually right. give them like three and i say hey you only have to do two so you know if they do three it's just yeah shows more you know whatever see but this is another thing though that i find is so common in design challenges is like there's a bunch of like unknown rules it's like but do you want two or do you want three like you know it's the same kind of things where it's like they give you a design challenge and it's mm -hmm. like oh design th this app that does all these things that needs to have like 14 functionalities and the average time we expect you to, to put on this is two hours and you're like are you serious two hours like clearly that is not what they actually want right and it's like uh, surely the person who spends like 30 hours on it is like gonna be more rewarded but then it's like but that person's not really listening to the instructions like the instructions is we need it in two hours you know like there's so i don't know there's so many things like that, that it's like the unknown or like things that are not being explicit where it's like you're kind of taking that gamble like Mm -hmm. is it better for me to do three like or they are they gonna think that i'm like overzealous and like doing too much work for for nothing like is it legitimately a thing that i should trust you on because like there are some guidelines where it's like oh you should do this and you should do that and it's like oh, okay like i have to listen to what they're telling me but then you say something like oh just do two out of three and you're like but should i <laughs> like do i trust you now <laughs> uh I, I I get what you're saying. Well, usually I I don't like I say. Hey, we would like you to do at least two. That's what I say. I'm okay. just looking for. Okay, I'm just, so I'm basically, just to see. you should do three. 
Well, yeah. Like if you want to, honestly, if you really don't have time and you can't, right. I would prefer just do two than just like not do it at all. You know, like right. Again, I'm pretty transparent about exactly what I'm asking for, and like like it, it has happened where candidates just go way over what I even asked for, and they built a whole website to deliver this stuff, and where I literally just asked, hey, honestly, just a little a, a little paragraph about how right. you would go about this challenge would be enough, and I'm I'm being honest, it would be enough, but if you show that, like just all that effort and and just delivering more than i asked for that also shows something about the candidate and of course mm-hmm. that thing that they are showing could be hey i'm unemployed and i have a lot of time um you know as opposed to someone <laughs> right. who is not unemployed and is, does not have a lot of time but still uh you know whatever it's more to see about the person how how do they go about these challenges how do they tackle these mm-hmm. are they very are they very ocd and organizer like yeah whatever just something you know I, that's what i'm trying to say because that's what you're going to see when you work with people you know it's not deliver this thing this way exactly you know people are different i just want to see that side of them um so anyway uh apple uh yeah that happened so oh no actually i was done with it yeah (laughs) cool (laughs) uh so sorry i'm kind of like taking this at a different angle but um so would you have moved like to I don't know where, like Cupertino, San Jose, or I actually moved to San Francisco. At so the you time? Had, had the job. Yeah. Are you asking me that if at the time, if I got the job at a time, would I move to yeah. San Francisco? Because San Francisco is pretty far from like the Apple campus. It's oh. like at least an hour. Oh, so you asked me, would I go to Cupertino or whatever? Yeah, or would I go like? What was your plan at that at that time? I don't know. Or did you not go. get like all the way there? Oh no, <laughs> I was like... thinking about that since I was like eighteen. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll probably San Francisco and I'll commute probably <laughs> something. Right. So okay. Right yeah, yeah. I would totally do it now. Different question. I don't know about now, but totally at the time. Cool. Uh, okay. Last 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 uh, last story. This is Figma. The um, this is, uh, I don't know, four years ago, a while ago now, and where Figma was still not a thing, uh, like they were not, it was not known, it was, they were still going like stealth mode, and so they got in touch with me, I don't know why, I think through the bridge program, by the way, do you remember that, you know, the bridge, designer fund bridge? I do remember that. Were, I was were rejected, you on it somehow? No, I was rejected every single year. <laughs> By the way, speaking of rejections, I never made it to the bridge program and I always, anyway, uh, (laughs) but I think like if you were, if you applied to that program, even if you did not get the program, you'll still be in the like candidate pool, something that, and I know Figma is a designer fund, like they're one of their investors. So they probably had access to that pool of candidates. So that's probably how they got uh, aware of my name. Uh, maybe so they got in touch with me like hey we like your work yada yada at the time i was doing like break to safe and i was doing still sketch cast and stuff um so and uh we talked and then we things were going well and we had a bunch of calls and uh we got to a point where they flew me in um for like a full day of just design work and exercise and just hang out with a team um by the way it was thanks to them like that was the first time i got to visit san francisco it's amazing they oh that's cool they paid for the stay like i stayed at a hotel for a couple of days it was amazing like i was living the dream uh 
it was super awesome. I got to meet all the team. They were still very, very small at the time. Um, I think they were like maybe six people or something. Uh, only two designers. And um, it was awesome. I loved it. I loved the team. Uh, I loved everything about it. Uh, and uh, so after that day, where, like I think like I was still in San Francisco. I stayed for like three or four days. So I was still there when they came out like you know as like a beta so that they oh, came out okay. publicly and so that's when it got that's the website cool. and it got to know about the product so it was also cool to see like hey i knew about this but now the rest of the world knows and it was yeah. it was cool but i think that i think so i don't know what happened honestly and i would love to know if someone knows what happened it would be awesome what i think ha- happened was they just changed strategy so they were looking to hire someone honestly fairly junior still um just to join the team but i know they didn't hire for that role then and what they told me was like hey actually we're not hiring for this role anymore and maybe a month or two after they hired rasmus henderson which is (laughs) very very senior and amazing (laughs) right so i think they changed strategies and they instead of looking for a more junior they they wanted to look for a more senior ic uh and of course it would make no sense to hire me for that role um, so I think that's what happened. If not, I would love to know, but like still it, again, it, it hurts cause you, you have invested so much, not just with your mm-hmm. time, but also like emotionally, like I was thinking about yeah. Figma and thinking about working with them. And when that stuff doesn't pan out, it freaking sucks and it hurts. It's, it's mm-hmm. very similar to like a, just a breakup. Um, yeah. And so, it's like a break, breakup before anything ever happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, you go on one or two dates and things are looking well and then things just don't work out and you're like, oh, I was so excited about this. Um, so I think, yeah, that, 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 that's what happened. And after that, like shortly after that, I joined Netlify. Um, so this is like the most recent thing. It all worked out. Yeah, it all, it all works out at the end. Uh, it's fine, but it's, you know, it happens. This happens <laughs> and it's okay. Right. What are yeah. yeah? What are some of your either like takeaways or things you've learned like going through some of these these experience? I think a lot of times when when you got these rejections or whatever, like my first thought would be, "Oh, I'm not good enough. Like I suck." Um, and that like that is almost never the case. Like that's not what's going on. Um, like with all these stories that I love except the ones that they ghosted me, uh, but also probably they had a similar reason. Like, it's just you're not the right person for that role, for what for what they're looking for at the moment, which is very vague and generic, and you can apply that to any anything almost. Uh, but I think it's, it's true. Like, Apple, they probably need someone senior who has was used to work at a big company and knows all that company politics and that bullshit and just uh, whatever. So I was definitely not there. I was not that person. <laughs> Uh, at Figma again, that they they realize that actually we need someone more senior because now, uh, now the press and designers are looking at us and what we're doing. So let's change that strategy. And whether that's a good or a bad strategy doesn't matter. Like when they made that decision, I was not the person for that job, and it was not that I was a bad designer or a bad person right. or they didn't like me. It's just again that's not who they were looking for. Um, and I've seen that that has happened uh, with me. Uh, I don't want to mention anyone by name here but like i have i have talked to and um you know interviewed 
people, amazing designers, honestly, amazing. Like I think uh, still today they're doing amazing things and I just, they were not the right person for that job at the moment. And it's mm-hmm. not that they're not good. Actually, they, were, they, they are amazing. They're perfect, but not for what I was looking for or the company needed at the moment. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's natural to feel bad and feel down, but you know, once you get back up, uh, it's okay. Like, don't, don't feel like that is a failure so much as in like it, it was not that it didn't work out. That's not, you know, it was not meant to be, I guess. Yeah. And I've definitely had like some friends of mine who have applied. Uh, rarely I've interviewed them. Cause like we try to avoid that, but like, I always feel like super awkward. Like if it like just didn't end up being a good fit, but it's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like you're really awesome. Like <laughs> don't get me wrong. It just like didn't happen that yeah. it worked out or it's like, Hey, like you're pretty great, but at the end of the day, we had like four people that were pretty great. Uh, so like yeah. at one point, like we have to pick, we can only pick one. So, you know, I mean, it's not like a pure roll of the dice, but like in some cases, like, okay, all four of you were amazing. There's this one person that had maybe like a slightly different um, experience or a slightly different like perspective that we don't really have on the team. So we kind of decided to go in that favor to kind of complete the knowledge skills in our team uh, better. But it's like, yeah, like totally like nothing wrong with you. Like you're an amazing designer. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a good takeaway. All right. Uh, should we move on and talk about, damn. Okay. So I don't have a name for this segment, but you know how we do recommendations at the end of the uh, every episode in do you know how uh, I've had a lot of listeners saying that that's actually one of their favorite uh, segments of the show? Well, buckle up, because we're going to have a recommendation bonanza. We have like a bunch of stuff <laughs> that we're going to talk about. But before we get started on that, uh, we have a pretty special thing to for, for our listeners. Kevin, do you want to tell them what's up? Cool, yes. So our sponsor this week for the very first time is Dribble. Dribble! Uh, so- yeah, really exciting. Um, speaking of, of jobs and interviews, like <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs through Dribble. It's just Ooh. like people f- would find me there. Uh, but anyways, that's not what Dribble want- wants to tell you about. Um, Dribble is doing a one-day design conference on June 6th. It's called Hang Time, and it's going to be really cool. It's a single day in New York City. Uh, there's going to be more than 25 talks. There's going to be workshops. There's going to be more intimate conversations. Uh, and you can kind of like pick and choose like what you want to attend. So if you're more the kind of person who wants intimate conversations or more hands-on workshops, you can choose how you want to learn. Uh, it's a great opportunity to join hundreds of designers in New York for a day of inspiration, learning, and career growth. Um, all of their speakers like sound really awesome. Um, so they have, they're going to have talks by uh, people like uh, John Cantino, um, Kat Noon, Alice Lee, um, Kelly Anderson, uh, Matt D. Smith, uh, and a bunch, bunch more people. So um, you can expect so many things. Like they mentioned things like uh, designer showcases, live drawing, workshops, discussion panels, case studies. Um, so it should be really interesting. Um, so our layout listeners can save $100 off of the k- ticket price that's one hundred dollars like, yeah, that's that's a lot um so what do you do all you have to do is use the code layout friends uh when you go and purchase your ticket 
Um, we'll put a link in the show notes, uh, but the URL is pretty simple. It's dribble.com slash hang times slash 2019. Um, but we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, and I, I believe our link is going to include the discount code. Um, so you won't even theoretically won't even have to include that. Uh, it'll auto- be automatically applied for you. Oh, and don't forget, this is this. You have to use a code by Friday, May 31st. So there's not a lot of time. Uh, so make sure to use that. So it's like by the end of this week, if you listen to this when we post it. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so, but on top of that, uh, we've talked to uh, the kind dribble folks, uh, and we have managed to uh, get one totally free ticket. So, like, you don't have to pay anything for the conference itself. If you do not live in New York, obviously you would have to pay for transportation or if you need any accommodations while you're there. But you would be able to go attend the conference for free. Um, so we want uh, to give as many people the chance uh, to do that. Um, so what do you do? How do you get the free ticket for the conference? So it's very simple. Um When we post this episode, which is like, that's happened in the past, if you're listening to this, um, we have a tweet that is announcing the episode on our Twitter. Uh, We will be pinning that tweet. And all you have to do is just go ahead, go retweet that tweet. We'll uh, pick from the people that have retweeted um, the the episode and uh, we'll pick one random winner, which will get the free ticket. So we're gonna get, we're gonna get in touch with you. Make sure like you actually are able to attend, right? Because then we're just gonna waste this ticket. Um, yeah. We're gonna try to give it to someone who can actually you know use it. Um, yeah, it's a great value. It's like the, the almost the price of an iPhone, by the way. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know. I'm saying this on the spot right there, but. One thing that might be cool is um, the person who gets the ticket. Maybe we uh, we invite them on the show after the the conference so they they can tell us about how yeah, it can went. share the experience. Yeah, tell us what it was like because we unfortunately we can't attend. We're not in New York. Uh, nope. It's a bit out of the way. For I would <laughs> love to be there. Uh, honestly, this is one yeah, of the most. Yeah, this sounds like, like an awesome event. It looks like one of the best design conferences like in a while. Uh, great lineup. So again, if you're in New York or if you can uh be there <laughs> for a day or two uh again if you want to go buy the ticket uh and use the code layout friends to get a hundred dollars off if you feel extra lucky retweet the pin tweet of the layout uh, twitter account and uh, we're going to get in touch with you one of you is going to win a completely free ticket thanks dribble awesome i love doing that i feel like oprah <laughs> you get a free ticket and you get a hundred dollars off and you get a hundred dollars off uh, pretty awesome all right so let's get into recommendations recommendations a lot and by we i mean you <laughs> have a lot this week that's a lot but to be to be fair uh to be fair to me uh there's a bunch of the here that i would have also added so yeah some of these are shared we both yeah. recommended yeah exactly okay one is uh, let's start. Uh, it's uh, you know panic. You know panic. <laughs> yeah, of course. We talked about panic a bunch. Uh, I think last time we talked about it because they announced this new version of Coda that is not going to be called Coda. Whatever. Text editor for the Mac. I love panic. They are like these these old school uh, Mac app 
shop, whatever they make, they love the Mac. They like from that era, old school Apple Mac uh, developers and designers and whatever. And then recently they've been doing a bunch of cool stuff. That like they they published Firewatch, the video game, which is cool. They're also uh, working on a game for the Switch, something Goose, Untitled Goose Game, I believe. And now, out of nowhere, they announced that they uh, they made uh, an actual game, like console, like gaming system. And it's just like a Dorbs, adorable little portable thing, like tiny thing that fits in your pocket. And it has a crank. And it has like a black and white screen. It's like, it looks like a very old Game Boy, but with a crank, yeah. which... Like a physical crank that you can, you know, crank it up. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is like an input mechanism for um, for for these games. So it's kind of like think mm-hmm. about it as like the uh, digital crown on your watch, but for yeah. a video game console. Yeah. This looks so fun. It really it, looks fun. Like it, yeah, and it looks amazing. Like it's just really cool. Like I'm, I think it's pretty clear by now that I'm no gamer. Uh, <laughs> but I will, I will definitely get this. Uh, Panic like has a reputation for putting so many nice little touches into their products, and I feel like this is going to be no different. I think honestly, I I haven't tried this yet, but I would argue as of now. I think this is like a worthwhile expense just like as a interesting UI kind of budget sort yeah. of thing um because I'm sure there's going to be lots of of delight um in that in that console. Absolutely. Really impressive. I love playing around with the like 3D model. Yeah, stuff. I was going to say the website in itself like if you honestly don't want to buy this just visit the website. It's um, adorable and it's uh, all the like it's very bright. I love this. Um bright yellow. <laughs> Which, by the way, is the worst color to work with, but uh, they they pull it off. I think it looks great. So, boom, <laughs> recommendation number one. I I yeah, I signed up for the you know get notified when because it's not out yet. You can't buy it yet, and stock will be very limited. So you know if this looks uh, you know interesting, uh, appealing to you, make sure to get on that bandwagon, get on the list because yeah, yeah, and it actually looks very cheap. It's like one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, it's like, uh, so they say, they say, like, it's on the website, and I quote, it's not super cheap, but it's not super expensive. And I feel like that's about right. <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, but compared to any other gaming Well, console. yeah, but also, you know, it doesn't have a tenth of the functionality capabilities of an actual gaming console. So That's it, fair, that's fair. Yeah, but still, I think you're not going to buy it really for the well maybe that's not true i was gonna say i i am personally not gonna buy it for the games uh it's more of like the actual item is like a collection or collector items mm-hmm. item and like uh i'm probably gonna have fun with it but so yeah and it's adorable it's gonna be very limited exclusive <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't know yeah no it'll be really awesome cool 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 uh recommendation number two uh so remember a couple episodes ago when i recommended uh clean shot this screenshotting tool app tool for your mac um so today i'm recommending an app by the same the same developers uh and it's called pixel snap and this is a lot it's a lot but it's like a like a, a tool an app for your mac in where you can have all of this like overlay stuff and you can um measure things in your screen 
maybe like distance between elements. Uh, you know, if, if you're a designer, you probably there's a lot of um, situations where you could use something like this. Uh, and like the amount of functionality and capabilities that you get from like a third-party app in your Mac, it's amazing. It works really well. It feels very native, just like CleanShot did. And so I was using Xcope for some of this stuff, but like this works just really, really well. Hmm. Um, just, just if I, I probably did not, I didn't do a good job uh, selling it, but just <laughs> go to the website. Uh, I'm going to put links in the show notes, but it's also getpixelsnap.com. Uh, check their video, like what you can do with this tool. Uh, and it's and it's really, really, really impressive. Um, so what do you use it for exactly? So like a lot Is of times it for just, annotating screenshots or more just like measuring things on screen? For example, uh, crap, I don't know if I can say this. We're, we're implementing a big UI thing in Netlify. <laughs> all right mysterious uh and and so i use this tool all the time when i'm actually just going like pixel by pixel seeing the implementation details and like how if it's if it matches if it's good or not or whatever uh checking the padding between elements and making sure that is right and aligns with the mockups and stuff like that and this tool has been invaluable for that um so i don't use like it's like i don't use it all the time like screenshots right but when i do use it uh i really want it to work well and like and this does <laughs> does that make sense yeah that's really cool also the onboarding it, stuff i think i mentioned something similar for loom another previous recommendation but like the onboarding thing for this app like after you install it um it's super cool as well uh it really walks you over all, like all the uh keyboard shortcuts you know set up uh, and how it actually works and like in the actual little modal you know the the like the wizard almost the modal in itself is like where what do you use to use the tool as like a tutorial almost huh. anyway it's 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 cool it's cool design cool 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 ui check it out pixel Very snap neat. boom snap it <laughs> snap uh it. cool speaking of design tools mm-hmm. uh the other one is also a design tool it right? is recommendation number 3 uh sketch runner who here knows about Sketch Runner? I can't hear you. <laughs> the whole audience raises their hand. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's dumb. Uh, yeah, Sketch Runner is a pretty popular little. Um, I don't know if you can call it a Sketch plugin because it's so much more, but I guess technically it is a Sketch plugin. Uh, in where, if I had to describe it, it's like it's like it's like a it's like a it's like Spotlight for your for Sketch inside Sketch. So we press. Uh, like a keyboard shortcut and it would pop up a little prompt command line tool, not command line tool, but like a little thing you can just type in uh, your commands, like resize or whatever, or like insert this one artboard. And it just, it's something I've been using with Sketch since I first saw it uh, years ago. Uh, it's like, it's just part of how I use Sketch, honestly. Right. And um, so the developer just released a new version of Sketch Runner. It's, way faster it has way more features uh, they're now calling it runner pro because so there's like a paid uh mode a paid version um and it's worth every single penny uh <laughs> it has like now a little thing they're calling it run bar it's like a little um toolbar that lives above the canvas and you can like you have like a breadcrumb of where you are like the artboard so like 
this file in this page in this artboard so it's actually easier to navigate between if you have like a complex yeah that was the thing i was curious about yeah do you actually use that uh i don't use it as as much because i do use the little prompt command line thing so much Mm, um okay so like i use it just I used to, uh, right now, we mentioned abstract. So every time I want to commit a message in abstract, I just use, uh, open Sketch Runner. So like commit, boom, enter. Uh, and I have the little commit message from abstract. Uh, I use this to like to just bring up uh, symbols. So like as I'm maybe drawing like a new window in uh, like a, for a Netlify thing, I just say like Sketch Runner and then say like navigation, boom, and I have the navigation bar and then boom, sidebar or something hey um and so it's like it's like how i how i summon all of the symbols and just super mm. fast i look like honestly i look like a magician using sketch <laughs> when i use this um and also now it has you know how the um, when you have like a uh the inspector when you have a symbol in sketch and have the inspector on the right and so and then you have the little pop-up to change symbols in the inspector does that make sense uh, yes, like yeah, I have yeah, this yeah. one icon, and you can press the thing and just navigate to change yeah. to other icon. So if you have Sketch Runner installed, you can uh, option click there, and you can like search for stuff. So instead of having the default pop up to navigate in the tree and like select the the component, yeah, the pop ups kind of clunky, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I think so. It's been like working the, well. The normal one, yeah. Oh, the normal like, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this, this looks way better. Yeah, because you can the normal one is like I'm always digging for a long time, like trying to find what yeah. I'm looking for. Absolutely. So they're not sponsoring us, but it's just it's just like an invaluable tool for me, and it's such a nice improvement. And by the way, this is not new. I think they shipped this new version a couple weeks, maybe a month ago. Um, so yeah, and I know you know developer Roy. Um, He's a he's a listener and he likes the show because I love his work and uh, if you haven't tried Sketch Runner, you should. So links in the show notes. Check it out. Um, I've paid for it and I honestly don't know how to use Sketch without it. So, boom. Very cool. Um, all right, my recommendation. My next recommendation is uh, this article um, from Andy Matushek. Mm. um andy who used to well a long time ago uh work at apple uh and now works at uh, khan academy um and he wrote this like really interesting article on why books don't work <laughs> can i just say this website looks amazing yeah it is really cool oh my god um, did a really good job on it um it has this like interesting like side scroll it's like you can scroll top and bottom left and right it's like very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the article is kind of interesting. Like there's, there's something very ironic about it because he basically the gist of the article is um, it seems like as a society, we've accepted that books are the ultimate way to transfer knowledge. Uh, and it's like, but why is that? <laughs> you know, and is it really that good? Because we all know, like, there's, I I've, don't want to speak for yourself, but it certainly is true for me. Like, there's so many books that I've read, and I, like, want to tell someone about it. Like, oh, yeah, like, this book was really great. Like, they were making this argument. And then the person has, like, one counter argument. And I'm like, I feel like they've addressed it, but I don't quite remember it <laughs> uh, anymore. <laughs> um, and so he makes a really good case for why books 
actually like maybe aren't the best way uh, to transfer knowledge. Hmm. Um, and then he gives a few other kind of alternatives, which are like, for example, like talks and stuff like that. And like how you can correlate that to um, sort of like the, the science behind like how your brain uh, incorporates new information and that also talks probably not always the best um, system to, uh, you know, learn new information and retain it. Um, so <laughs> the the funny thing about it, like the thing that's ironic is that this is a really, really long article. <laughs> uh, so also maybe not the best way to uh, communicate this information. I don't know. But um if you are able to like make it through the whole article, I think it raises a lot of like interesting questions. Um and the thing that was particularly interesting for me about this is the idea that we should keep questioning things that we take for granted. Like for example, books. Like I and I've I don't know if like people on the, the who listen to the show like kind of know this, but I know a lot of people in my personal life definitely know this about me. Is like I'm always thinking about like how can I read more books, and I always like find this so challenging to like keep it up and like keep running. Yeah. And, and to some extent, like I think I have gotten better at at reading more. Um, but it's like oh, interesting. Like maybe I'm not just like terrible <laughs> uh and maybe there's maybe like reading is not always the best way to like process information i know i certainly uh do get a lot of my information through podcasts and in, in many ways it's it's easier for me to get that information that way um but he's exploring some other concepts that basically uh incorporate you actually like doing things yourself and like diving into your specific questions uh for that specific concept so you're kind of like building your own uh learning map uh as you go through anyways i don't want to like spoil through the whole thing mm -hmm. uh but if you're interested like this is a really good article uh it's well worth your time awesome damn this looks good and i, I also do to struggle with <laughs> reading books i'm terrible at it uh okay um what else is there um our good friend ryan mcleod uh finally published this book it's an animation handbook and it's amazing i haven't read the book in itself like uh, all the way uh but i've i've seen and i've talked to ryan a lot about animation as he was writing this and so even though i haven't seen the final words i know the work he put into this and i've I've been part of all these like brainstorming sessions <laughs> and it's, it's good. It, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, the book was like published by Envision. Uh, it's available for free. Uh, and if you care at all about animation in UI, like motion, uh, this is a great, great resource. So we're going to put links in the show notes. Uh, check it out. It's called Animation Handbook by Ryan McLeod. And you should, you should, you should read it. It's free. Yeah, and it's really cool. Like, it's kind of interactive in many ways. There's uh, also interviews and videos um, with, like, different uh, professionals from different uh, companies that use animation. Uh, so I think this is definitely a very interesting book. It's it's for sure on my list. Like, <laughs> that's uh, that's my one problem is, like, just too, much, too many things to read. But as soon as I'm done reading the other stuff that I'm reading, if you're curious, I'm reading Bad Blood right now. Um, the Theranos story. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty interesting so far. Um, we'll see how it goes. Like if once I'm done, like I might 
uh, mention it either in the recommendations or in the not recommendations <laughs> if it doesn't turn out to be great. But um, so far, it certainly is kind of interesting to see um, right. how a company that is so fraught and, right. you know, fraudulent yeah. <laughs> uh, was able to get this far. Um, so, yeah. So I've only seen the... Is it a Hulu thing? The documentary? Yeah, HBO? it's like there's there's books, podcasts, yeah. TV series. Like this is just I've seen how the, things are gonna yeah. happen. I've only seen so, the show. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I I tried sort of going to the ultimate source <laughs> um, to begin with, but I've heard a lot of good things about the other uh, forms of this uh, this story. So, all right, find the one that works best for you. My last recommendation. All right, uh, it's a TV show. I'm pretty sure I've recommended this show uh, in the past. Uh, it is now officially one of my favorite shows ever in terms of like writing and acting. Um, the show is called Easy. It's uh, season three, and I believe it's the last season like ever. And this show is just, it's about uh, adult, you know, human relationships and all the mm. intricacies about it and all the, it's like, they're just really smart about how, the, how they wrote this show. And I think, like, the, the way they shot this, like, they there's a lot, a lot, a lot of improv um, um, in, the, in, the, in the performances. And that shows, like, it's, it's one of the... They just look re like real characters, like real people uh, going through, um, honestly, tricky, tough relationships sometimes, or sometimes just like, boring, normal ones. But it's really good. If this is a topic you care at all... Maybe you're in a relationship for like a long time, and and you're gonna probably uh, you're gonna see yourself in, in some of these character, characters, or maybe you're struggling to start a new relationship, or whatever it is. There's like a little bit for for everyone, and like each episode follows a different uh, character or characters, so uh, they're like self-contained little stories, and uh, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Cool, nice, interesting. That's it. I will uh, add it to my list. <laughs> so much media to consume these days. My I goodness. <laughs> it's like, we have definitely made it to like the, a point in time where there is way more content that gets produced than content that I can consume. Oh, yeah. And I feel like our, say whatever you want about like the automation or not the automation, but like the, recommendation and machine learning and blah 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 but i don't know man i feel like it's it's really hard to tell what you should watch and what you should not watch yeah well we try <laughs> yeah i mean the best place to start definitely is the layout recommendations yeah of course <laughs> so, and there's no machine learning here involved so no machine learning human, curated. human curation yeah uh, there you go this is a service we provide to our listeners. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Do you have any stories about chargers or I don't know? Uh, yeah. Um, so I was listening to ATP, Accidental Tech Podcast. See, I'm getting better. Uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> for people who don't know what that is, this is a, a technology podcast um, where they talk about uh, a bunch of random technology things. And um, in, I believe was last week's episode um marco arment was talking about how he has an all usb-c charging lifestyle uh for whenever he's traveling and 
boy, I've been traveling a lot <laughs> these past couple of weeks. And so that uh, conversation like really resonated with me. So I was like, you know what? Me too. <laughs> I will also embark <laughs> on this all USB-C lifestyle. Um, and I have learned many things. It, it is both awesome and kind of bad <laughs> in many other ways. So like the the things that are awesome is like it's way easier to like you don't have to worry about like what's USB-C, what's not USB-C. Like everything, just everything is like all the charging bricks are USB-C. Mm-hmm. Obviously things like the iPhone has the lightning and in the phone itself, but like the part that you plug in the charger, I make it sure that it's USB-C. Um, and I think in many ways, like that's something that people don't get with these kind of like new laptops that we have that are all USB-C is like, don't get dongles, just change your cables yeah. <laughs> and get all USB-C cables for everything. And then everything will be much, much easier. Um, so I've basically done that. <laughs> so I've ordered USB-C to micro, have USB-C to mini USB, have USB-C to lightning How's cables. that? I haven't. I have USB-C to USB-C cables. <laughs> um, and that's mostly fine with a few exceptions. So one, uh, for lightning cables, it seems, and maybe it's just like somehow been missing something, but it seems like only Apple makes the USB-C to lightning cables. Mm-hmm. So you have to get their ungodly expensive cables mm-hmm. there. Um, but you know what? Like, this is something that I find I've just like gone over in the last week or so. It's just, just, just pay it. Like, who cares? Like, just get way more cables and get way more chargers than you think you'll ever possibly need. Well, counter argument though. I am just, I got a feeling like they, they have to go with USB C on the next iPhone or at, you know, sometime in the future. So if I really invest in all these. USB-C to lightning cables and then in September a new iPhone comes up and like it doesn't have lightning that would be yeah because like right now I have like a thousand lightning to USB-A you know just the iPhone cable uh, and most of them you know not, not the iPad is USB-C so it's like I don't need all these cables <laughs> it's just for one <laughs> iPhone which by the way I use wireless charging so it's you know it's like ah well, okay, so some things for me, for example, like when I travel, I don't want to take any of the cables that are in my house. Same. So like these have to be a different set of cables. Right. Um, so that's one thing that I've done. So like I, I still have some like that are straight up USB cables, but those are just the cables that are all around the house, right? Like I have one that's like through my couch. I have one that's like next to the table. So like basically anywhere you are in my house, like, there is some kind of lightning cable that is accessible <laughs> to you <laughs> so you can charge your phone, right? Uh, and these do not move. Um, I also have the wireless charging pad and the Apple Watch charger on my uh, bed uh, table, bedside table. Those do okay. not move ever. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then I travel, whenever I travel somewhere, um, those, I need to basically have a set that is only used for travel. So that is like my travel bag essentials, yeah. and I need I need to be able to charge an iPad. I need to be able to charge a watch. I need to be able to charge a phone. I need to be able to charge a laptop. Um, oh, and I also need to be able to charge a Kindle, which is like a new addition in my life. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, I need all of these things, and preferably whenever you're traveling, you want the longer cables because uh, outlets in hotel rooms are always like uh-huh. so weirdly placed. Ugh. Um. And you also sometimes uh, say like you're traveling in uh, Europe, uh, for example, where they have the crazy plugs. Um, I want I, I want like my about. charging brick to have as many things I can plug into, so I don't need fourteen adapters uh, to actually plug my things and get them charged. So that being said, um, there's a few caveats to oh sorry there's another use case i like i don't do it very often but like i sometimes go uh, visit my parents and i sleep at their house because they're more in the suburbs um so i often stay over at their house i leave all like all the necessary chargers are there already i do not take like these are not the travel chargers that go there it's like a common use case enough that this is a place that should have all the necessary items so it's like really making sure that wherever i go i have all the charging equipment i i will need <laughs> um and honestly like this will maybe cost you like 120 dollars like <laughs> per location like it is you know it's not nothing but it, like the life improvement it will give you like you can trust me on that like it will make its money like and and honestly if the iphone changes to USB-C. I will be so happy to replace these cables. You have no idea. Um, <laughs> Wait, and do, you always have a family have... member who's like using the super old iPhone that like always need those cables. So yeah. like, I yeah, you should travel with a thirty-two bad. pin connector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, do you um, have a Apple Watch to USB charge cable? I do. Yeah, <gasps> that exists. Apple Watch to USB. See. Oh no! So okay. So oh. here's the thing. Okay. So that is. We enter the caveat <laughs> section. <laughs> so there is a uh, Apple Watch to USB-C cable, but it's the really short one. It's like, it's maybe like this long. Like, yeah, I people think it's can like, see that. Yeah, it's, I think it's like half a meter or something like long. This. Okay. Or something. It's not, it's not like the regular one. It's shorter than that, and it's not the really well, long one that you. Okay, I gotta with. say, if you have a steel stainless steel watch, you have the long cable. If you have a aluminum watch, you have the short cable. Not anymore. So you used to have the really long one uh, right. with the stainless steel. That's with this new anymore? version, Series Four, that's not true. They're the same length. And there's, they're both short. Yeah, they're both short. Okay, but this oh, this USB C okay. one is even shorter. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't even which, know that existed. Like, it's oh okay. It's not even uh, half a meter. It's point three meters. Damn, that's true. <laughs> Which is like, why would you ever want that? This is like the most useless cable, and they do not make a bigger one. And there's no other company who makes a larger one. Yeah. So I don't know. Get your shit together, Apple. So this is one area <laughs> that really sucks. Um, and um. Oh, a second area that kind of sucks, which I'm, I think I'm sort of on the way to kind of resolve, but, um, my, um, external battery pack, Mophie, uh, is a USB plug, not a USB-C. So Mm. I would have to get another one of these, which I wanted to get, but apparently, uh, they are out of stock for the USB-C version. So who knows when they're going to be back in stock. So that kind of sucks. 
And then also one of the important um, charging devices of my life is my away suitcase, uh, which has like a huge battery uh, and is also USB only. Mm-hmm. And I have, to, I have to check. Maybe they have um, like a replacement that you can get that maybe has USB-C. Like I haven't uh, gone that far yet, but um, I would honestly consider this <laughs> if, they ha- if they have one. So, yeah, USB-C is like we're closer than ever to living that lifestyle. And I think for a lot of things, like, for example, my Kindle, like we used to have like the weirdest like micro USB or whatever that I never need. Switching that over to USB-C is like, oh, my gosh, like all of a sudden, like I can plug this in so many more places. Um, so that's very convenient. I can also use my laptop as like a charging hub whenever mm-hmm. I want to. It's like I can plug literally anything like right in my laptop. This is really great. So, yeah, I kind of recommend it, but I also hope that <laughs> things are going to get better. Uh, and also, every device on the face of the earth, please switch to USB-C. <laughs> USB-C is great. Like, and maybe this, maybe this is the recommendation in my whole thing is like, USB-C, you are fantastic. Like, I like USB-C way more than I like Lightning, personally. I've had so many issues with Lightning where, like the pins inside the phone actually like start to loosen up. Oh yeah. And you have USB-C to take a a, something design. like just try to get the lint out of the thing. No, no, no. It's not just lint. Yeah, like I've gone through this whole thing. It's like, because basically there's like little, oh, I guess sort of scratched like, up the, the connectors. It's not the connectors that scratched up. It's basically like there's something that holds it in place. Hmm. And for USB-C, that thing that holds it in place is inside the cable versus for lightning. It's inside the device. I see. So what happens is that, like, over time, like, I don't know, like, you just yank it out or something um, too many times, that gets loose. And for the iPhone, it's basically like, oh, yeah, we can, tra- we can change this piece. It'll be, like, $500. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, for USB-C, well, you just replace the cable and you're fine. Um, mm-hmm. It's, like, a nice, sturdy thing. There's nothing on the outside to damage. It's, it just feels really great as a cable. So I love USB-C. I wish more things used it uh hopefully our our wishes will be uh executed <laughs> next time uh an iphone comes out i highly doubt it um if anything i think it'll be like at least one more year but i i feel i don't know if this is like too too early for me to get on the record about this but i feel like apple could just change the iphone to usbc i don't buy a new one <laughs> just for this convenience like i just i just feel like at this point it would be so much nicer so yeah. i think oh, well. if you take one takeaway of that is like yeah maybe focus on getting a new cable instead of an adapter uh i've been i, I think that's a good it's a good tip uh, i think the weirdest cable that i got um because of that is like this weird it's what connects to my microphone's little adapt it's not even adapter like a mini amp whatever it's an okay. appropriate name and it has like one of those thick, thick USB, like the printer ones, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. one of those to USB C, and I'm really proud. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. really great. Okay. So we're getting to we're reaching the end of the episode. Let's, let's uh, quickly uh, go through shout outs. First, this is not necessarily a shout out uh, to a listener who got in touch with us, but a shout out to uh, our friend Devon Co. is in need of help. And it's been amazing to see uh, some of our, com- you know, designers in our community um, reach out and tweet about it. And um, Devon Co. is like 
she I don't if you do not know she goes by uh, at 3D for designers. She's been in this course teaching 3D to designers, you know. <laughs> she is amazing. She is one of the smartest uh most positive designers that I've seen. I remember I I think I tweeted about this. Like I got to know Devon back I think when she was at Dropbox because I was listening to this very old the industry podcast and she's like she was just so great. She's one of my early Twitter follows. Um and right now she's going through a rough patch. She is in need of serious medical care. And uh, unfortunately, the U.S. Uh, you know medical system is not oh, such a shame, but that's another discussion. It freaking sucks. And uh, Devin could use, could really use our help. So she has this GoFundMe page. And if you're listening to this, and if you if you have any means to give some something uh, back to Devin, uh, this would this is. That would be great. So we're going to put a link in the show notes. Um, be sure to, to donate if you can. If you can't, I mean, just, yeah, well, <laughs> it's okay, I guess. Uh, so uh, right now she has crossed the her initial goal uh, of $50,000, um, but there's still, still time to still donate and help out further. So uh, if you can do that, we would really appreciate it. And Devin, of course, would also... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is a small thing that we can do to really help someone time of need. So um we wish Devin the best. Um and uh yeah, hopefully she's gonna recover from this. Uh yeah. Yeah. And now traditional shout outs. Uh, I want to give a shout out to listener Alberto Orsini. Uh, he got in touch with us uh, because, you know, last week's episode we were talking about effectively being manager. I see that transition. Um, he suggested the um, Julie Zhu's uh, Making of a Manager book, which is great. I am reading it. I'm currently reading it. I haven't, I'm not recommending it yet because I haven't finished and, you know, I want to do that probably uh, at the end. Uh, but also uh, we're going to put links in the show notes because Alberto has a YouTube channel in where he reviews um, that book and also talks a bit more about the, the topic. Uh, and it's great. So go watch Alberto's video. Uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, Simon Dagfinrud. Uh, apologies for the pronunciation. Um, and uh, this was him uh, talking about that uh, light or dark mode. And he suggested this one tool that also can help you effectively live in both worlds and have some apps use the light theme and some apps use the dark theme. Um, thanks so much for, for getting in touch with us. And lastly, also to listeners, Hayam Fayed, uh, Darian Mitchell, and listener Ollie for, for getting in touch with us this week. Appreciate it. Boom. Boom. Okay. This is the end. My only friend, the end. Um, <laughs> that's a reference. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitters. Uh, we are at Layout FM. I am at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. You can find the show notes uh, for this episode and also links to every other episode and links to subscribe and links to sponsor if you're into that uh, over uh, on our website. That's layout.fm. This show is part of the Spec FM network. Um, this is a big network of podcasts and other resources. So if you're looking for more st stuff to listen to, uh, check them out. They're, they're at spec.fm. And uh, lastly, our thanks to both of our sponsors this week. We want to thank Abstract uh, for being uh, the perfect management uh, design file management tool. Uh, again, go check them out at uh, abstract.com. And also Dribble. Again, you can attend their, their conference, uh, Dribble's, uh, what is it called? Hang Time. Hang Time, yeah. It's going to be in New York, um, uh, June 6th. And so if you want to save 100 bucks 
of the price of the ticket. Use the code LAYOUTFRIENDS through Friday, May 31st. So you don't have a lot of time. Uh, if you're listening to this when we post it, we have like almost a week, not much more than that. And also, if you, this is a like pro tip, only for folks who listen to the end, uh, till the end. If you retweet our pinned tweet, uh, in where effectively just posting about this episode there to listen to, uh, if you retweet that, you get a chance to win a completely free ticket for this conference. So again, our thanks to Dribble for sponsoring uh, Layout, and that's it. Kevin, I'll talk to you next week. Cool. Bye. Cool. <laughs> Bye.